You know all I kept thinking while I was watching this? What? What sign language for why can't we see your big hairy monkey balls? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef Podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs. Uh, this week bringing you a monster-sized battle in edition of the podcast with Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, with me as always is my executive host, uh, Mr. Slen- Slimline Cormac, living at large in his garage. How are you today, my friend? I'm fine. I've just got one question for you before we start all this. Go on. Who do you think has the bigger penis? Not me and you, but Kong and, and Godzilla. Oh, hold on. Godzilla's a girl. No, is it is she, not a, like a girl, uh, but it's like, um, what do you call them ones that uh, procreate with themselves? Like a, like a worm? What do you call it? What do you call I, could it? Have, I, could, I could have said about four or five different answers to that question and we could have got banned for every one of them. <laughs> what do you call it? What do you call it when you have sex with yourself? And asexual. 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 That's right. Godzilla's asexual. Isn't, isn't he she? <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> The question so, still stands. Who has the, the biggest cock? All right, that's the, right. It's King Kong. This it's King Kong. Yeah, it's, it's obviously King Kong. And all I could think watching this was, "Where's all the monkey dicks?" I just, I, I'm <laughs> that obsessed with penises. I'm watching I it. Think, and it's, it's yeah, so cool. I've I've been to a safari park. We'll get into this. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I've been to a safari park where a monkey has sat on my wing mirror. <laughs> and it's came all over me. <laughs> came all erupted on my face. He just he was sat there and his gentleman's piece was full display. Now it was sat the same way that Kong was sat on that ferry. <laughs> but <laughs> like you have a cat, I have a cat, right? If your cat hasn't been like, you know, the balls taken away, the penis is still there, right? Because they, they take the balls off. They don't take they don't take the penis off. Yeah. Okay. I've, but a, but a, I've a never seen the cat's pe- penis. Well, that's the that's what I'm gonna to say to you. I've never yeah. seen I've had I've had many a cat story. Now, I'm not looking for the cat's penis, <laughs> but what you know, what I will say is I have never actually seen a cat's penis either. So I don't we're know whether four, it's like does it we're like four minutes into the Godzilla versus King Kong episode and we're talking about cat's penises. But uh look, I've got a lot to say about this film. I, I really in fact let's get into it. Okay. So everyone, Godzilla versus King Kong. We've got the news and the trailers coming up later on. Um but first we're getting straight into this bad boy of a film. In a world of video stores and late fees. When movies ain't what they used to be, one podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic. The VHS will rise and the screaming will fall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave. This has got to be the worst promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer, man, Dave, I want a training montage. Coming soon on a podcast near you. If you listen to one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all other podcasts, then the VHS strikes back 
is one to try. Right. So Adam Wingard has directed Godzilla vs. King Kong. Um, it's been delayed numerous times, pandemic, reshoots, etc. It's obviously coming as part of this MonsterVerse uh, from Warner, which is um, following on from uh, 2014's Godzilla. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, King of the Monsters? King Not of Queen the monsters, of the Monsters. Yeah. So uh, asexual, but yeah, they call him King. Who am I to judge? And then uh, Kong Skull Island, which was the um, the sort of Vietnam era set film uh, with King Kong. So I don't actually know what you think of this film. We don't text each other usually. We, 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 at the first, it were like, oh, this film's fucking wicked. We're going to talk about this on the podcast. And it slowly developed this relationship into, I'm not going to say anything until we start recording. Yeah, I, I can't remember where that stopped because what we used to do is we used to like constantly WhatsApp each other and talk to yeah. each other, you know, throughout the week about movies, but we just, just stopped talking about them throughout the week and this is the only time we talk about them. Um, I actually surprisingly quite enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, one one thing that, that annoys me about most of these movies is I don't think that we get enough bang for our buck. You know, we don't get what we ask for. It's, it's very much like the Batman versus Superman movie. You know, you want... Mm. You want Batman versus, yes, of course, we have to have story and plot and all that bullshit in between it. Like, yeah, I get it. We have to build the narrative and we got to fucking have, you know, our allotted 25 half an hour time of Millie Bobby Brown because they paid her to be in the movie. Um, but I I really, 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 really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there, yes, there's obvious, you know, plot errors. I get that. There's, there's obvious things in it, but this kind of movie, monster movies should be, Leave your fucking brain at the door and just wait for King Kong and Godzilla to have a fight. For me, this was two two films merged together. Mm -hmm. One, absolutely ball-busting, fist-pumping, fantastic, everything Batman versus Superman should have been, two titans going at it in the most incredible set pieces we've probably seen in the last few years. And the other half was the humans. Yeah. And it was fucking awful. I'm yeah. sorry. Anytime a human, a human came on, bar maybe Rebecca Hall, who had some sort of, I mean, not I, I won't even go as far as to say character development, but she had something interesting about her character, Rebecca Hall. Fantastic actress. But the the Millie Bobby Brown stuff, the crazy <laughs> the crazy podcaster, what a wanker he must be. <laughs> 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 the, who actually listens to podcasts anymore huh? yeah fucking hell. well please if you our listeners could write in and tell us who listens <laughs> um there was cal chandler who has obviously appeared in the godzilla franchise leading up to this was sidelined to um man worried about millie bobby brown in a tent that was pretty much his involvement in this film. There was nothing the humans did. I, I could go as far as to say, I mean, Alexander Skarsgård, I didn't even know who he was halfway. Yeah. Apparently he's a geologist. I didn't even get that. It turned from um, geeky book author about some conspiracy theory into all action superhero. And I've got no idea where that came from. I think for me, the biggest human disappointment, if that's a phrase, was Julian Dennison. I thought he was going to be something different about this. So this is um, the guy who played Josh. He's appeared in Hunt for the Wilder People, Deadpool 2. He's got a very unique look. He's got a very unique charm about him. I thought he was going to... He no, just, no he, he's not. He's the, he's the same character in every single movie. Well, now he is. Now he is. 
You know what I mean? In the stuff I've seen, I've only seen a couple of his films. And for me, he's always stood out as, you know, the the one sort of almost natural sort of comic timing for a young actor, something different. His look's completely different to what you see in these films normally. And in this, he was relegated to the guy that follows around screaming about Transformers and the kid who just uh, Shia LaBeouf sort of thing. It was it was awful. But the, the whole but the whole way watching this movie, I, I felt that I was missing something because the way that they were talking. So obviously, the, you know, the way that the story starts, you know, Kong is in, you know, this dome, this dome that they're keeping him in. And he knows that he's inside some fucking VR containment. So he keeps, you know, throwing trees and breaking the fucking VR containment thing. And we will say, if you haven't already guessed, spoilers coming up for Godzilla vs. <laughs> I can't believe we've got to say it on a podcast called Godzilla vs. <laughs> but spoilers for everything moving forward. But they missed one vital thing in, in at the start of this, right? And it's every once in a while that them that video printer stuff will come up going Jakarta, but whatever. At the start of it, Kong containment. Why didn't they fucking call it Kongtainment? How is that a missed opportunity in a movie? Like it's Kongtainment, not Kong containment. For me, why didn't they just ah yeah look? But yeah, sorry. It it makes it makes me feel. Every time I'm watching this movie, it makes me feel like I've missed something because they they jump from one set piece to the next with the humans, and it's like uh, they go to the, the stars guard, and he explains Hollow Earth, and then the guys fucking talk to him about getting there, and then he's all excited about Hollow Earth because his brother died in Hollow Earth. Okay, right, okay, right, and then he jumps to the VR to talk to the to the doctor about getting Kong, and she's like. Oh, so reluctant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. can have Kong. You can you can take fucking King Kong, this three hundred and fifty feet, you know, tall ape, wherever you want. Yeah, go for it. Why not? I just it just seemed to me that there I was missing. I thought because I obviously haven't seen King of Monsters that I've missed beats from that movie that have no. come into this. And no, I, all you yeah. you know what? In fact, yeah, we'll we'll come on to that in a minute. I think there is a couple of bits that you might have been looking at this going, how the fuck is that happening? And it they would have been explained in the previous film. But likewise, I fully agree with you because the one thing that stood out for me and, and my mate that were watching this with when you're watching the beginning, Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters will literally reign in supreme, Godzilla's the king, everyone loves him, the world loves Godzilla, Godzilla's here to protect us. Literally, the first thing that we see is Godzilla attacking. There's mm-hmm. no explanation. There's not even a, a setup as to Godzilla sort of becoming agitated as to why they would attack. It literally, it feels like, and it feels like we've missed about twenty minutes of setup as to explaining why Godzilla suddenly attacking Hong Kong or wherever. Uh, and the, Adam Wingard has come out this week and said there's probably five hours worth of material that he filmed. No, no, but he doesn't want to because he says the film that he releases is his vision. It's his film. So it's, you know, two hours long or whatever it is. It's good, good length. But for me, it just goes back to shouldn't a filmmaker be able to tell their story in two hours? Why does a filmmaker have to make a five hour long film and chop it up that much to fit into a two hour runtime that it doesn't become anything? Uh, there's think- gaps everywhere. Why not just make a cohesive story? to start with but do you think it's because of people like us 
<laughs> you think it's because, yeah, that fucking tossers to talk about these movies because, I, like, yes, I can complain as much about, uh, you know, the story seeming that I've missed a few beats and everybody is just always so accepting of everything. Like, the fact that the little girl in this, this movie, you know, who was absolutely fantastic, I don't know her name, but she was fucking amazing in it. Yep. Um, you know, she's she's a, a deaf girl who communicates with um, with that girl through um, sign language. But the amount of situations that they put this wee girl into that oh, they Jesus. know that they know are fucking dangerous. Like th- genuinely, she's allowed to walk into Kong's pen whenever she wants. See, see this is the thing, and again, major spoilers coming up now. But um, that girl was Kay- um, Kaylee Hottle. Um, she is um, from an old deaf family, spanning four generations. So she is actually deaf and from an old deaf family, which I think is quite impressive. That um, you know they don't just hire any old actress or and pretend that they've got a disability. <laughs> Hello, Sia. But you're absolutely right. <laughs> Leave this her child. Alone. Leave this her. child. She she had the leader Twitter account. Leave her alone. This child. So. She spends that long alone, alone in containment with Kong. She can teach him sign language, fully yep. interactive with complex structured sentences. Yeah, if, that's, that, I didn't, I didn't get that one. I would understand it if it was like yes, no, but hello, yeah. Kong. Would you like some <laughs> McDonald's drive-through <laughs> breakfast this morning? Why, yes, little girl who is talking. <laughs> literally the Arctic, and she goes up to him, Kong, don't you think you should consider going down the hole? Wouldn't it be a conundrum for you to understand that your mother and father may be down there? They may not be, but who knows? And he's, and he's looking at her like, I see what you are saying. <laughs> Thank right. you for bringing this to my attention. <laughs> it's just such, it just, and, and, and they're on the boat then, and the kid's walking towards and she's like, shit, we better not let her go near him. You've just been letting him babysit her for the last fucking year. What? Yeah. She's, they're in containment together. They're fucking, she's allowed to go whatever she wants. Then yeah. they move her, they move her to the boat and he is chained to the boat. And like, he seems to be cognitive as well. Like, and like, I don't, I don't particularly get why he can't break those chains either. Like they didn't, ex- <laughs> they didn't explain as to why he couldn't break the chains. And then as soon as Godzilla's on the horizon, they let the chains go. And he's able, he's able to magically break the chains that are around his neck. Like, hold on. He can't break the chains that are on his arms, but he can break... The, oh, this mixes up. But anyway, yeah. So, so anyway, she's, look. She's, she's allowed to walk out in the deck of the ship, you know, you know, and they know, they know that there is a grass... Like, the whole point is, at the start of the movie, they say that Godzilla is attracted to other titans. He is attracted because I don't know what they can feel. They can feel energy. They can feel whatever. So yeah. their whole purpose is to stay out of the shipping lanes where Godzilla usually goes. And I'm sitting there thinking, but surely he's going to be able to fucking sense this Titan. Like, I, I, I don't understand what the whole... So they know that Godzilla is going to, at one point, be a threat to this fucking, this fleet. Yeah. But still, little girl's right on the boat. Yeah, you know what? That little girl, again, we're going back to that little girl, and I can't for the life of me remember her character now. I can't remember any of these characters. I really can't. I can, I can remember a few of them. I can remember a few. Not 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 an awful lot, but I can remember a few. So the young girl was Gia, and I I was counting along. So she's basically allowed to run around for many months in containment alone. They take her on the boat 
which would attract a Godzilla at any one point. Mm-hmm. They take her to the Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> t- or the Antarctic or wherever the fuck they take her, right? They then decide, oh, let's get her in one of these pods and let's take her to the center of the earth. Yeah. Where <laughs> where there could the... where there could be where there could be millions of titans, where there could be like a, a plethora of fucking of you know shit that could happen to anybody. And do you know what the best thing is as well? They're they're taking vehicles to go to the center of the earth down to the hollow earth that none of them have have ever known before. Like it's this it's this uh, uh was it uh, Apex systems, you know, they all they they've built these ships to go down into the hollow earth. So none and- of the other researchers have ever seen them before. Now again it took well it, this touches on the last film where there was a suggestion that there were tunnels linking the earth through the core. Uh, and I know that's how they thought Godzilla was hiding or they couldn't trace him because Godzilla was in one of these tunnels in the Earth's core. And and this built on that where they suggested, look, it's fucking insane, but let's just Where's agree. Godzuki? Where's Godzuki? That's, that's the next one. Son of Kong versus Godzuki. That's that's where we're going with these. So in terms of the human characters, then, is, is there anything that sort of stood out for you? Yeah, Gia, the little girl, obviously. Um, I think uh, I think Kyle Chandler should have gotten a bigger part. You know, he just seemed to be the kind of reluctant kind of dad to Millie Bobby Brown. Um, I think I think Julian Dennison, you know, having watched you know Deadpool two and having watched um, Hunt for the Wilder People and even that fucking Santa Claus two thing that's on Netflix, he's a very good actor and to be relegated to Millie Bobby Brown's fucking mouthpiece. You know, yeah. he is, he is, he is that character. He is the character. Damn. You know, he is that character. Yeah. In this, he was. Um, and that's what I was getting to earlier. Deadpool 2, it felt like it was more, he was being more sort of um, uh, improv, sort of, you know, coming up with lines on set, you know, being given free reign to really be himself and really sort of try and be, you know, funny with the character. And this, reduced him to oh man i should have stayed in bed you know that yeah. kind of i should never have come here oh man what are you doing to me it's a like, fuck off just a uh, millie bobby brown right how do i put this why <laughs> i think i asked that question to start who is millie bobby brown where is millie bobby brown why is millie bobby brown what what, what did the, she bring to this film the only the only the only the only answer to all those questions is stranger things that's it right okay like, like that, that that that's it it's like you know it's like putting a fucking youtuber in a movie nowadays you know because you know netflix is everywhere what like fucking 2.5 billion subscribers that i got there stranger things has been watched by you know potentially four to five hundred million people worldwide you know yes i agree i i completely agree that you know people like that if if who is the most popular person in that tv show should get a shot at making movies but if you're gonna put her in a movie at least give her something that is a bit different as to what she does on stranger things because literally every time i watch her it is like watching her be 11 like that's it yeah so what what did her and Julian Dennison and this podcaster uh, bring to the film because this is what I wanted. I wanted human characters, and from watching this, so you're watching um, Josh, you're watching Bernie, and you're watching um, Madison run around, and basically it was their job to find 
again, big spoilers, Mecha Godzilla. And yeah. ultimately, they didn't, they, did, they didn't ultimately know that they were getting Mecha Godzilla. No, all they knew is they were following up on some crazy guy's conspiracy theory podcast, and they happened to get. Well, did they happen to get lucky or was it a crazy conspiracy? I don't know, but it led them around the right path. And all, all they were there for was to be in that room at that last minute to turn the satellite off. You know, what I mean? and, and I think when you oh, go on, if you've got anything more, because the last well, thing I want to see, my, my, my thing is that like it was a bit watching this. It was a bit like, you know, trying to debunk conspiracy theories within the script because they keep talking about the hollow earth. You know, which is a fucking thing that people, you know, on online have conspiracy theories about the Hollow Earth. Yeah. You know, and there's also, you know, the whole podcasting thing. So, um, Brian Henry, who plays Bernie, he's the podcaster. So, Millie Bobby Brown stumbles or whatever finds this podcast, and Bernie is working as an engineer in Apex Systems. You know, down low level employee, but he has the ability to you know, download bits of information and then release it on his podcast. But she is like completely drank the fucking Kool-Aid when it, when it gets to this conspiracy theory with this guy. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what she was like in the first movie. If they've led this, led the path where maybe is she's a bit of a conspiracy theorist in the first one or, you know, and all this jazz, then I can, I can accept it. Right. She wasn't in Godzilla. In, in King of the Monsters, she That's was... What I mean, yeah, King of Monsters, yeah, yeah. She was the daughter of... Um, Kyle Chandler. Chandler and obviously her mother, oh, I can't remember who played her in, in the, I'll, I'll look it up in a minute, but basically um, she was, her, her mother was some sci- sort of scientist trying to talk to the Titans and she ended up basically turning heel and <gasps> joined the eco-terrorists who wanted to release all the Titans and she's saying it was good for the Earth and all this. So Madison ended up getting dragged between set piece to set piece and ended up really going through a trauma that no child should have to. It's in the middle of <laughs> Boston being blown up and destroyed uh, all because of a mother. And it always gets me, you know, where you watch films like this, where Madison has literally been talking to her dad, Cal Chandler, and them two were saved while Ghidorah and Godzilla were destroying Boston. And in this one, she comes up and goes, dad, Maybe there's a hollow earth where these monsters are all hiding. <laughs> Shut up, love. You're crazy. Go back to school. <laughs> what are you talking about? She was there. They're living in a world of giant monsters. Could not one of them just go, maybe we should look into it because there's fucking giant monsters outside. So maybe it's possible that the earth's hollow as well. Every no, one of them. But, it, but it's like, but it's like, it's like that whole kind of thing of when, when one conspiracy theory gets found to be true, then, you know, every single conspiracy theory must be true. You know, so I have to, you have to take that with a pinch of salt. You know, when you look into things like even JFK, you know, the man with the umbrella and all this jazz, you're like, well, let's let let's look at Lee Harvey Oswald and the CIA. No, 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 no. Let's look at the fucking aliens that shot him on the grassy knoll and the guy with the umbrella and somebody through a manhole came up. Well, right, okay, calm Can down. Just, you know. But the irony of what you're saying is <laughs> the Hollow Earth theory in this film universe was true. Yeah, so well, they, they yeah. look at but what I'm saying is she's saying, come and look at this conspiracy theory because it might be true. And if the world is so crazy that giant lizards and fucking moths can fight outside, maybe what this guy's saying is true from our shared experience, Dad. And he's just still stood in his tent telling her to go about it and find. And again, I do not understand how two children and a crazy podcaster. Yeah, I know he works for the company, but 
they end up deep into underground secure locations. They got on a private transport vehicle that took them to a different location. And not once a did anybody country, a different, a different country. country. And not once did one of these in these top notch security firm look at these two children running around and going, Don't think you two should be here. I think we need to call you back. There was there was a point where she walked into that military camp where her father was, and it was like, Why did she get in? And then I thought to myself, and then I thought to myself, obviously I've I've missed you know the first movie where she's like high five and all the soldiers and the soldiers all know her and they let her in. And then the bit where the podcaster brings the both of them to his old workplace in the rubble, and he's able to, you know, they're all able to find an elevator to get to sub-level 33. And in my imagination, I was like, well, obviously there's nobody there. And then they go down and everything's still in working order. Everybody's working there and there's still security downstairs. Why the fuck is the security not upstairs? I've got no, I just, and every time I keep thinking back to this, every time um, I keep thinking, um, why would the humans do this? Why are the humans doing this? I just kept drawing back to, because I'm not here to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Nobody Ultim- gives a ult- flying ult- Ultimately. And you know, they probably wrote, sorry, they wrote this film the same way me and you would. Lizard monkey fight one, lizard monkey fight two, giant robot, fucking missiles, monkey fight three. Uh, there should, have been, there should have been there should have been more monkey and lizard fights. They really should like. Yeah. So, which is your favorite? Um, I really liked Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Like I, 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 thought like, it was I, I yeah, I really liked Mecha Godzilla because it was something that I wasn't really expecting, and you know, I've only really known Mechagodzilla from South Park with Barbara Streisand. Like that's <laughs> the really, that's the really only fucking aspect that I've ever seen Mechagodzilla from. Um, I liked, I, I really liked the battle on the sea, the first battle, obviously, where we mm-hmm. see Godzilla and and, and King Kong. Um, it. I loved the kind of simple realism in obvious air quotes. Um, yeah. when Kong is, you know, can't breathe underwater and Godzilla's trying to rip him down and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, he understands, Godzilla can understand that he doesn't breathe. Um, but then the fighting, obviously jumping from one ship to the next. But how fucking floatable are those ships? Like, oh, what, the f- what the fuck? Like, what's what weight is fucking Godzilla? Like, genuinely, like, like he must weigh, like, the same as, like, fucking a, a city block. He yeah, is, he is exactly. that fucking big. And then, not even that, but to have Godzilla or, or King Kong on this fucking boat as well. And then they're fighting and the fucking buoyancy. The buoyancy was unbelievable. Well done to the US military. That They are some fucking buoyant ships, I must say. I do have to I applaud them on that. One thing I did think from this, we obviously start with, with Kong doing his morning routine, which I thought was wonderful. Having a shower and eating his breakfast. And then he's just like... Right, now's the time I need to throw a big spear at the sky and try yeah. and figure out what's going on. It's fantastic. And you're just expecting that song. It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it was like uh, the one from Naked Gun. Woke up this morning feeling fine. <laughs> and all I kept thinking throughout this was this is Godzilla versus King Kong. And we're seeing an awful lot of Kong. Kong was the protagonist in this. And we've had two films with Godzilla. We've had one with King Kong. And it just almost felt like Godzilla was put on the back burner. She just, she, Godzilla, they just showed up at a time when they needed it to seem like they were the bad guy. 
But and do you think? Got... Do you, but do you think they do that because they know that Godzilla would be a lot more powerful than what King Kong is? No, what I'm talking about is I want to see more backstory with Kong, not Godzilla, not like a prequel. But I mean, I want to see why they're getting mad. And, and I know it was sort of secret and releasing the bits about the story, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I want to know why Godzilla suddenly goes from protecting people to getting pissed off at something that's going on in Hong Kong. I want to see a bit more. I mean, Kong, we learned that he, he can fashion tools. He gets showered on the morning. He knows sign language. We know all his friends are. He travels to his home and sees his home world and gets a feel for his home world. And he becomes, uh, sits on his throne and he gets his super axe. And Godzilla then just shows up for a scrap. Uh, and we, we saw so much about Kong. And I just wanted to see a bit more from Godzilla, to be honest. And I think that's that's ultimately down to the fact that Godzilla would more than likely be overpowering. And, you know, obviously the, the, the questions always arise as well about size, you know. And we had, like, in Skull Island, yes, they explained. Skull Island's what, set in 72, 73, something like that there. Yeah. Um, and then in that, they explain that um, it's an adolescent Kong and he will continue yeah. to grow. So Kong is at an adolescent age at that point. So he will keep growing and growing and growing. So they don't really give uh, an actual height size. But as me and you explained, I think this was even on the fucking first podcast that we ever did. Uh, it was one of the first ones. You know, Godzilla is a lot bigger than what fucking King Kong is, you know, historically, because yeah. Godzilla is anywhere between 350 and 500 feet. But Kong has never been over, I, I think I was looking it up today, I don't think I've ever seen Kong explained to be over like 120 feet in, in anything. Well, if you imagine Kong climbed up the Empire State Building, Godzilla can walk past it. You know, yeah. you're talking, if you think about the Empire State Building, Kong's climbed up it, while Godzilla would just be stood there waiting at the top. You know, it's, I, I got where they come from. I like the fact that they said, oh, it's the, under containment, because I got the feeling, and I think they never explicitly said it, but throughout the whole film, when he went to the hidden world, and we thought that there was sort of the blue radiation going on, and I kind of mm. got the feeling as he were crowned king, he was growing. And, and he, I think the size... Okay. I think if you compare how, how big he was at the start to how big he was at the end, I think he got a lot bigger during the film. Especially right, okay. Fine. Uh, that's what I thought anyway. But for me, I, I, I liked. I thought they were going to go down the route of uh, when he when he were fashioning the tree trunk into a spear. I thought they were going to show that that's where Kong's advantage is. He might not be as big, but if he can start fashioning weapons um, out yeah. of certain things and fashioning tools, then it shows he's got his brains. Where Godzilla is more this wrecking machine, Kong is much more cognitive. Well, they had they had that kind of when they're having that battle in Hong Kong, and you know Godzilla's just fucking beam shooting out of his mouth and just wrecking everything. But fucking Kong is being you know dexterous and fucking flying between buildings and yep. you know matrixing matrixing it you know over fucking beams and stuff like that. There, you know, I enjoyed that bit. You know, I I really 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 enjoyed the actual battle sequences in this movie. Like that Hong Kong battle for me was the best fight scene in the movie probably mm. the best sequence for me out of any of these monsterverse movies yeah. the for me it was the use of color you've got the bright neon lights you've got the 
the darkness of the city you've got you're still getting these two lit up by all the color going on and what i loved was as the buildings were exploding around them the smoke that was mixing with the color was looking like the powder paint going off you know the those paint yeah, yeah. Parties where you can throw the dry paint mm-hmm. and it was like an explosion of green and they went into another building it was an explosion of purple and then reds and i just thought it was stunning it was absolutely whereas the last one the last one was much more artistic with its shots um you know much more grand much more epic in sort of scale it, it was much more of a work of art i'd say the last film seeing Ghidorah just through the smoke and the fire behind the real sort of visual sort of shot but whereas this it was much more sort of it, it was still stunning to look but it was just using color in a lot of different ways and i just thought it was incredible but i think that's that was part of the problem as well i think that was a movie and again i enjoyed it but there was too few of those moments and as you say when you're watching it and you're watching the human bits, it's kind of like, why, why, why do I have to watch this? You know, yeah, I understand that they're trying to get to a point, and there has to be, you know, an end game to to bring down Mecha Godzilla. But there was a point in the movie where, you know, it was in between the first battle and you know the the next time that we see like a conflict. It was like forty minutes. And it was like it was like you know we we you pay you pay your money to go see you know a movie and if you were to like you're like me if i go to go to a fucking king kong versus godzilla movie i want to fucking see balls to the wall i want to see them fucking destroying the place i you know i would love if you know you know when they went down they brought kong to hollow earth and he sits on his throne and he finds his axe and stuff like that there if they had shown godzilla there as well or even off in a distance and things like that there and you know I, I would have loved that to happen I know he fucking shoots down through the earth because he feels he senses like the axe you know in the ground and what have you like but I would have loved there to have been a conflict you know you know within the earth as well and then coming up how fucking cool would that have been the two of them fucking fighting up through the tunnel and then busting out through fucking Hong Kong like that would have been unbefucking leaveable the uh, yeah i would have it's great to say it with this with a film like this that oh, i want to see more but yeah yeah when when you look at batman versus superman we had one fight literally one fight for 12 minutes yeah. in a but two and a half that's, hour. that's because that's and what we've learned now in the justice league movie zach just loves his fucking meandering stories yeah and then you talk about maybe okay let's go to another versus film like freddy versus jason now, that had a lot going on, you know, in terms of Freddy versus Jason, but it was still sort of three key sort of fights. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they do it where, you know, they give one win to one, one win to another, um, and then they always have 50-50 booking. The rubber? The rubber they've fight? Got have a, they've <laughs> got to have the rubber fight at the end. And it, Somebody put this, and I can't remember who it was. I think, you know what, I think I can't remember. I'm just going to say it was me. Just say it was but, you, yeah. It was me. I had this thought, right? <laughs> How great would it be? We've, we've seen these films and all along, even from the first Godzilla film that came out in 2014, people said it's the human characters that fail these films because all we want to see is the monsters. Would you take a much shorter film, an hour and a half, of just Godzilla versus King Kong, not fighting, but you see Godzilla waking up on a morning and doing his normal routine? No script, no dialogue, no humans, and then somehow he sees a way off Skull Island and Godzilla's doing the thing, you know, and it's just a, a, almost a silent film, 
but of just yeah. the characters and creatures living their daily lives, coming into contact with each other, and then having these brawls. You can still have humans milling around, but absolutely no focus on them. The focus yeah. on the characters. They did it with Caesar in Planet of the Apes, where a lot of the story was built around, you know, CGI motion captured characters just having no dialogue and just communicating with each other. And you can build a story. It's that whole thing of show, don't tell. We don't need humans to tell us Godzilla's feeling this way because he's the king. Well, we better go get him his throne. Let's quick, let's go down here. You don't need it. You can tell a story. And I think I'd love to see that where the next one they make, just cut the humans out, make it an hour and a half film and just tell us a story for grown-ups. You don't need to tell I know what you're asking me, Paul. How to make these movies better. I've come up with one thing. Go on. King Kong with a jetpack. <laughs> Mecha King Kong. King Kong with a jetpack. Or or they go down into Hollow Earth because that's all. The question that we're all asking is who built his fucking throne? Like what master craftsman built a door in Hollow Earth? The, there's the door and then there's the big steps into the throne room. Yeah. yeah and the throne. And the and, throne. And the axe. And, and the, the technology, axe. the technology that allows them to put the axe in the ground for the power, and then the fuck. Sorry, going ahead, I can see you. Do you know? Well, do you know what I thought at one point with his axe? That's mm-hmm. obviously what gets powered up, so he can fight with it. I always thought it looked suspiciously like one of Godzilla's um, spine. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Looked like I one of his fins. Well. And I'm wondering whether maybe Godzilla was pissed at Kong because one of his ancestors ripped one of his um, fins off and used it to make an axe and that's why it can get charged up by Godzilla breath. That is that is an interesting take. I didn't even think of that and I'm really mm. enjoying that now. Now I'm thinking of a third movie and it's set at set in Hollow Earth where it's tens of Kongs versus tens of Godzilla. Oh fuck me, what a movie. It's incredible. So did you that get what be... you go ahead. Did you get what were going on with um, the skull? The, the, the Ghidorah skull. Yeah, but see, I know what Ghidorah is. I know what, what what the Ghidorah thing is with the three heads. I understand that that is that is one of them. And I don't understand the uh, why it had to be one of I, them. In the previous film, Ghidorah was obviously the antagonist, and at the mm. very end, Charles Dance was seen buying one of the heads of Ghidorah off somebody. That was the post-credit scene. So okay. he's obviously sold it on to somebody else. Now, how an animal's skull can be turned into a supercomputer to power a robot? Yeah, that's what I, I didn't. That's what I didn't understand. And you know what? Every time I kept having one of these, I just kept going back to this is Godzilla versus fucking King Kong, and I'm loving this. And when when we saw Mecha Godzilla, I thought that was incredible as well. I just thought, fuck it, let's go for it. And I just this is one of those toy box films where imagine Adam Wingard. Somebody comes to him and goes. Go make a film. Go make a film about Godzilla versus King Kong. Right, I'm going to fight him on aircraft carriers and he's have the two toys and then he'll jump and conk and swing between. It's You just have to suspend all... Yeah, it, it is a disbelief. complete leave-your-brain-at-the-door movie. The story isn't that hard to follow. You know, it's literally, uh, I've got a Hollow Earth. Okay, you want to go to Hollow Earth? Yes, let's go to Hollow Earth. I think we might need King Kong. Okay. Hey, 
hey, can King Kong come with us? Mm, I don't know. Okay, let's bring King Kong with you. And it's just literally like da 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 da. How did how did they get him on the net after he passed out on the boat? The next shot we see him with like twenty helicopters holding this net up. Yeah. Did did they like have to roll him over onto it? <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, but that's one of those questions as well that you just don't need to know the answer to. It just happened, and that's. But that's the good side about this movie. And as much as we do complain, most of our complaints are about the actual human aspects of it. Yeah, absolutely. I said I text one of my friends from work, and I said everything with the humans in this. Okay, most of what happened with the humans is awful. Everything with the monsters, first class. Yeah. It was, you can. It, it was visual. It was epic. It was grand in scale. Again, the final fight lasted probably a good thirty minutes across three different rounds. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, your first round went to Kong, um, and then there was finally we got Godzilla sort of getting the upper hand on him, uh, and he showed that sort of respect almost of saying, "I'm not backing down, but you're gonna have to kill me," kind of thing, uh, and then the teaming up, and that whole moment where. She tells the little girl tells him you need to go help Godzilla here. Yeah, he's f- not he's he's not our enemy. And again, the I know that the the director would have just had a field day with this. What does an action star do when they've just been beaten up and they have to go back in the fight? They pop back in their dislocated shoulder. Yeah, that's lethal. He lethal weaponed it. I, I he lethal weaponed it. He lethal weaponed it. He lethal weaponed it. And King Kong just smashes his shoulder against the building. And I'm watching it. And you know what? We we watched all the Man of Steel furor come out about how many people died. And I know it's different because God, Kong and Godzilla don't give a shit about killing people or not. But it's still that kind of oh. And I know I love the through that one line in where they went. We've evacuated Tokyo, uh, Hong yeah. Kong. Oh, really? That was quick. Okay. And, well, and I, I was watching I, I, it. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Everyone's. I'm just. I'm just. As far as I'm concerned, they've all evacuated. And if you can't have one of those old Godzilla movies where the guy in the the Godzilla suit trashes buildings made out of cardboard boxes, you know, like from Power Rangers, when mm-hmm. it turns into a Power Rangers where the the, the the gigantic ones are just crashing into buildings. And they're crashing into buildings and he's spearing him through ones. And I'm sure he does a rock bottom wrestling move on him at one point. It's just fantastic. And it's just, just forget all about the human carnage or why humans go here or whatever. The fact is they've brought these two titans together. And it's epic. Absolutely epic. Fantastic. I, I can honestly say with a hand on heart, never once did I think to myself, oh, I hope, I hope nobody was hurt. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was. I'll be honest. I was in that kind of stroppy phrase where because I was pissed off about all the the human bollocks going on. And I'm like, that's really wound me up that because why would they do that? And why are you taking a child into the center of the earth? And suddenly they have to go through a portal to get into the earth. But suddenly Godzilla can blow up. What's going on? And then I'm watching it. I'm like, well, there's thousands of people dead there. There's thousands of people. And then it just eventually I just went, I don't give a fuck. Go King Kong, kick his ass. Go on and give the fucking... And that moment where Godzilla charges up his axe. And I love the fact at the beginning they said there was going to be a decisive winner in this match. And we all know it's it's not going to leave to the death of one or the other. One's, you can't make one of your money you can't make king kong look weak by being beaten by godzilla because then you want to do a king kong film and he's the second he's the loser yeah so you have godzilla get the best of him and quite frankly godzilla should get the best of king kong and i always just uh, the way that they did it 
where they positioned it where Kong could have that killer blow against the shared antagonist. So Kong yeah. comes out on top. It still looks strong. They work together. But Godzilla's always got in that in the back of mind of, I could take you. I could take you. Well, and that, the scene the, right at the end, the end scene, obviously, where Godzilla powers up Kong's axe, was I fucking <sighs> lo- which I fucking loved as well. Yeah, loved it. Um, as soon as he powers up. And there's that kind of acknowledgement between both of them, as you say, that Godzilla knows, listen, I could kick your fucking ass. But Kong goes, well, I've now got this powerful axe. And I'm just going to yep. fucking wreck this shit. <laughs> But you know, there's the, I I enjoyed that. I did enjoy it. You know, everything it had everything that a bro movie has, other than the fucking uh, the Arnie uh, Dylan fucking arm muscle handshake yeah. and Predator. You know, that's what you want. Son yeah. of a bitch, yeah. yeah. Son of a bitch. Oh, so how do, how do we go on from here then? Because now this hashtags obviously continue the monster verse. Well, there uh, has. I, I I would be honest with you. I I know I've actually said to Rachel tonight. I was like, listen. I really fucking enjoyed this movie. I actually want to go and watch Godzilla, you know, King of Monsters now. You know, so I mm. want to, I, I want to actually, I want to actually watch that. And then I said there as well, I was like, I think it's something that I might enjoy. I remember watching Skull Island, but I can't remember anything about it. So I might actually rewatch Skull Island. So if in my perfect world, in my perfect world, obviously, end scene, Ned credits is Kong back in Hollow Earth. You know, yeah. he's back, he's back here. So he doesn't want, he, that's his, all Kong wants is home. You know, Kong wants home and he doesn't yep. want to do anything else. But they now have this kind of connection where if they need help up there, they get the wee girl to go down there and go, listen, boy, come on the fuck, get the fuck up here. There's something up here you need to deal with. And, you know, who knows? He might find a mate down there and then they might have an army of Kongs and then somebody kills Kong's son and then Kong's son's twin fucking just, ah, oh, everything, everything that's open. I, I'll be honest, the next step, the Hollywood next step of this is a big civil war kind of battle. <laughs> I'm talking Godzilla, Mothra, King Kong, who else? What monsters do? But what monsters could be down there as well? What new monsters could Lots. be down there? I'm not a big fan of the. Well, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I haven't watched all these, and I know there's other Mothras, and uh, yeah. I think there's a million and one different of these giant titans. I'm not going to embarrass there's myself. Even there's even a Mecha Kong. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I just there's you can go, and I think the next step you've had your hero, you've had your hero solo films, you've had them pair up. Now it needs to be a, an end game level Titans fighting all over the world kind of shit. And just go, there's aliens coming invading, they're dropping big mute, big aliens on the planet, and you've got to go fight them. Ooh, call the king. <laughs> call the king. <laughs> <I'm alive>. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, yeah, I don't know where they can take it from here, but I think your way of watching them is a bit risky. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> In my opinion, <laughs> I think you're going to get st- steadily, steadily more pissed off. But go and enjoy it. Uh, go back and revisit them. Kong Skull Island for me, I thought was great fun. I think I think it's a mis- very misunderstood film. I think some people kind of don't take it for what it is, which is a movie about a giant fucking monkey. Um, mm. King of the Monsters was very disappointing for me. It looked fantastic, but the, the first one. I think it ramped up the problems with the first one into the second one. So Godzilla for me, it's like you're seeing Godzilla for 10 minutes at the end of the film. It's all shot from, you know, murky camera angles and it cuts off just before something happens with Godzilla. And we've just got Aaron Taylor Johnson moping his way around the scene. 
and you just think cut the human stuff down increase what we can see with the monsters going on more monsters please and i, I just think the mr trick but this was fantastic and i'll leave you on a thought that you said the hollow earth bit the moment with kong finding his feet in hollow earth and he starts jumping between the sort of up and down and using gravity to help swing him around and he's just floating it it really humanizes king kong in a way that i've never seen anything else do i, I was worried the little girl was going to be called fair <laughs> i really thought <laughs> were... two on the nose that'd be two on the i nose. really i really thought they were going to call a fair but no uh 50 a great outstanding film i did again i thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it i'm agent scott and I'm Cam, the provocateur. And together we are the Spy Hearts Podcast. Every Tuesday, we decode the best and the worst of spy cinema to decipher if they make the knock list. That's right. The knock list is the need-to-see official classics of the spy genre. The best of the best, so to speak. Nobody does it better. From Born to Bond and Powers to Palmer, you can bet we will cover it. So subscribe now and revel in the audio equivalent of a smooth martini. Just search for SpyHards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S, on all major podcast apps. And let's just hope you find us before we find you. That's the uh, business end of the episode out of the way. Have we? Uh, I sent you some uh, trailers to watch this week. I, do you know what? I independently watched these trailers before you even sent them to me. How good is that? I'm fucking great. Let's start with uh, Black Widow. So Black Widow has had a second trailer or a third trailer I, to be uh, pretty much reaffirming that it's going to be released in July now. Um, from the numbers that we're going to talk about for Godzilla at a minute, I think people are fairly confident that movies can start turning a profit again. Um, assuming touch wood, everything stays as it expected with vaccines. Let's, and let's just get this straight. Movies are still making a fucking profit. They're still selling these movies okay. to places like Netflix. Si- okay, cinemas can st- start making a profit again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to be fucking, you know. <laughs> well, you little bit, you know, mind you, naked. Right, right. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and I'd never say this on Twitter, so I'll say it to our 15 listeners. This is probably the least my least anticipated Marvel film. I I said it a year ago. I couldn't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> I couldn't give... I really can't. I'm watching this. I'm getting nothing. It's the same feeling as watching the TV shows. This is a... Oh, I, I'm going to get ripped for this, but a B-level Avenger. It's a yeah. non-powered Avenger who is already dead. And all we're doing is seeing a film that sets up other characters to get brought back in in a couple of movies' time. It's a yeah. setup, yeah. And, that's, and that, that's that's the reason that I the one division, one division has really scarred me for the Marvel universe, and it has really started to actually worry me as well. Simply because I cannot trust the TV shows anymore. That no. because they aren't giving me what I was promised. You know what, or do you know what? Actually, maybe I'm just being very fucking selfish because I expected the TV shows to lead into the movies to show me something, you know, to explain what's coming next. You know, even if they were to give you a little bit of a fucking taster, a wee bit of a grain of hope, but it didn't. One division didn't give me anything. And the way that I'm looking at this movie now is you're, you're literally just setting people up 
and not even that, you've, you've, you're showing me not people now who you're setting up to go into the Marvel Universe. I could not give two sweet fanny fucks yeah. about fucking what about Black Widow's sister. I, I, I couldn't at all. No, for me, it's a, it's a waste of a film. Give yeah. Black Widow a film. You should have given Black Widow a film 10 years ago. Yeah, That's when you should have yes, done it. 100%. There was absolutely nothing wrong with her having her own film 10 years ago. I don't need to see Budapest get filled in and explained why. I don't yeah. need to see her blow up an orphanage because that's the red in her ledger. I don't need to see it. Leave some mystery to the character. Let us fill these gaps in in our in our heads. Let us have fun with it. You know. Do you know, make... do you know, do, do you know what you another thing? To answer every question, Marvel. Another thing that's annoyed me. Another thing that's annoyed me is now. I I'm completely probably off base with this, right? But. The guy who's shooting arrows at them, they obviously want us to think that that's Hawkeye, don't they? Yeah. They, they, no. they, are, they are, it's not. They are, but that, like, is that what they want? They want, they want us to hold on to some certain little hope that these movies will all be connected in some certain way, you know? And as you say, explain Budapest, you know, explain all this stuff. And they have this guy shooting arrows at them. So everybody in their head is going now, oh, that's Hawkeye, but hold on. Might not be Hawkeye because, you know, Agatha, you know, what didn't do what we wanted her to do. And what, and you know, what, if, why, how, and that's, that's what I'm I'd, in at the minute. I'd put a tenor right now on um, the Task, um, Taskmaster, who is that character. Is it Taskmaster? Mm-hmm. I'd put that on being Rachel Vice. I would. Right, okay. I'd, is that I'd, supposed to be? Her, is that supposed to be her mum? She was. I don't know whether she was a, a comic book fans will probably know who Melina Vostok is, but Vostok. But she's obviously linked to this Red Room and the Black Widow program in Russia and and this and the other. But I I really won't be shocked to find out that it's you know the the one person who in the whole film in the, all the trailers is being sold as a mentor and somebody she's reconnecting with the past is actually the person that's trying to kill her through the whole film. I, I really won't. Like I said, Marvel are just becoming a little bit formulaic with that. And if that's true, I'll be disappointed. But um, no, we'll see. But like I said, I am I'm genuinely I'm on hindsight. Yeah, I shouldn't have been excited for things like Thor: The Dark World. But I was. I was excited to see the next one. It was the next one after the Avengers films. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and this is, like I say, it's a prequel. It's filling in gaps between two films we've already seen uh, for an Avenger who. A lot of fans, I would not think they'd put in their top four. Yeah, Hawkeye's always five, but <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> I, I just don't think they'd put in the top three. Then I really don't. You know, you. you I don't think a lot of people would go. Oh, Black Widow's my favorite, and it's nothing to do with sex. It's just due to the fact that she's just somebody who can kick and shoot good. She's yeah. not a god of thunder. She's not in an Iron Man suit. She's not Captain America, and they should have done this. <laughs> I'll anyway. say what you don't want to say, Paul. Go is she go? Is she going to be missed in the MCU? And the answer is no. Uh, Wrath of Man, uh, the new uh, Guy Ritchie film, got a trailer this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plot follows H or H as Jason Statham. H, H a cold. Start again, shall I? A cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. So basically, it's the transporter in a working, (laughs) spending cash trucks. You know, 
there's going to be a lot of clever, witty dialogue. There's going to be backwards and forwards. There's going to be a lot of guys. There's probably one guy who's going to be called like some clever con- cunty Cockney name or whatever. You know, uh, look, I'm, I enjoyed uh, Man from Uncle. I enjoyed the gentleman. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed King Arthur. No, I can't. I can't agree with you there. Don't tell anyone, but I didn't think yeah. it was that bad. It was fucking terrible. It wasn't bad. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> it, could, <laughs> it really couldn't have been. It was shit. Don't tell anyone how I feel. <laughs> I mentioned it and tried to get away with it. Um, are you going to watch this? Yeah. Um, listen, I think me and you have discussed this before. Um, I really like Guy Ritchie. Uh, yes, he's made a couple of turkeys. Uh, yes, he, you know... Maybe isn't the greatest when it comes to outward thinking storylines and you know dialogue. But listen, I enjoy it. Uh, I I fucking loved uh, Lockstock. I loved Snatch. Uh, I love <laughs> Man from Uncle. I, I love I Snatch. Lo- yeah, I lo- yes, I love Snatch. Um, I love Snatch. I think it's yes, great. Yes, I love Snatch. I love Snatch as well. I absolutely, I absolutely love Snatch. Really do. Really, really love Snatch. I just, um, I really enjoy it every time I can. I enjoy snatch i enjoy snatch often um <laughs> but yeah grow, but i I, I really like i grew up i really like the sherlock holmes movies you know uh, you know i i, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like i like how guy richie makes movies and best, i will watch this best thing he ever did was divorcing madonna yeah and eddie marsden's in the movie too so eddie marsden's in it. anything that eddie marsden's in i will watch hancock maybe not hancock but anything else? I enjoyed, I enjoyed Hancock. I enjoyed the first. I enjoyed the first hour and twenty minutes of Hancock. Where until, until Charlie's Theron became a superhero. That was it. Um, and then we saw the trailer for the sequel to Ready Player One. Uh, that's coming out. LeBron James stars in Ready Player One, the sequel. Um, so obviously he meets. Oh, hang on. Oh no, it's Space Jam. It's not Ready Player One. It looks, looks an awful lot like it. This is... I, was, I genuinely was thinking to myself, what the fuck is he talking about here? I didn't watch... Is Ready Player Two already out? The book, the book, the book came out six months ago? What the fuck? This is uh, the sequel to the um, R. Kelly hit from the late 90s. Are we going to get an R. Kelly song? Please. I don't please, think we're going to let R. Kelly please. get it. <laughs> I believe I believe I can swim. I believe I can you know get a lift okay. to a police station. Uh, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um just to let you all all you viewers Kelly's a rapist. He's a <laughs> just... ripper. He rips people. <laughs> no, no. Just to so you're ultimately sure, I believe I can fly is not going at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it has to. Uh, that non trapped, that nonsense bastard is a <laughs> trapped in a closet, baby. Please, if you don't pay for it, don't click on any of his YouTube channels. Go to a third party who's downloaded it and reposted it on YouTube. But find what was the full opera called? Isn't it trapped in a closet or something? Trapped like that in there, a closet. The trapped in a closet opera from R. Kelly. Like I said, don't click on his official YouTube channel because you'll end up paying him even a little bit. So don't. Even, do you know what you can do as well? Do you know what you can do as well. Listen to um, Aziz Ansari on Spotify, and he tells 
a couple of very, very funny stories about R. Kelly going to R. Kelly concerts. So if you if you want to fucking laugh, go on Spotify and listen to Aziz Ansari uh, doing stand-up and his bits on R. Kelly. Fantastic. So this is uh, LeBron James. Uh, basically, <laughs> is R. Kelly MP- <laughs> NBA superstar teams up with Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes for this long-awaited sequel. So basically, Looney Tunes play basketball with modern star uh, Don Cheadle, friend of the podcast, or we hope he is. Uh, yeah, pers- personal friend of myself. Personal friend, sure, yeah, yeah uh, is in this. Um, we've got a variety of different voice actors and stuff, and I'm not going to even go through them all because some of them might be actual spoilers. But um, yeah, this is Looney Tunes. But this was relying really heavily on like Game of Thrones and. It had all sorts of shit popping up in this, and I've got be... I've got the new tagline for space for Space Jam Two. Do you want to hear it? Oh, please, Space Jam Two, the movie no one wanted. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people did. <laughs> and then what? And LeBron then... James because he wanted fucking forty million more behind his pocket. No, a lot of people wanted Space Jam Two, and then it Yo. turned into then it turned to nineteen ninety nine, and everyone grew the fuck up, <laughs> and now nobody wants it because. Nobody watches Looney Tunes. I, I've, I don't see them on telly anymore. The classics, anyway. Modern stuff they do, like Looney Tunes babies and shit like that, but the classic Hanna-Barbera cartoons. The Godzilla cartoon was a Hanna-Barbera. Godzilla. Godzilla. 130 feet tall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Godzuki. <laughs> and Godzilla. <laughs> um... But yeah, look, I've never seen Space Jam one. I probably would because I've heard. Bill whoa, 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 whoa! You've you've never seen Space Jam? I've never seen Space Jam. It just doesn't interest me. It's a fucking great movie. I don't even know the rules of basketball. Put the ball in the net. That's about it. I don't get the rest of it. Slam the amount, dunk. <laughs> the amount of my basketball knowledge comes from the movie Teen Wolf, where I know that if you get badged over, you get two three point throws and. One of them goes in and you win. Where the guy in where the guy in the stands had his cock out in the bleachers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just had his cock out. <laughs> <laughs> Back to talking about cocks. We get in with cocks, we leave with cocks. See you later, everybody. Good night. Um so the news. Uh speaking of Godzilla versus King Kong, it's actually done pretty well. Twenty seven point nine million in its first three days alone at the US box office, which considering nobody's going out yet and People yeah. be vaccinated and things. Thirty million for an opening. I, 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 you know what? I won't be surprised if, if it did like maybe sixty million, seventy million anyway. It's probably done about half of what it normally would. Yeah. I can't imagine it doing much more than that, to be honest. But the, 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 the few last few have been dipping, but this would have got good reviews. I know it would have done. Um, it grossed eleven point six on Friday. Um, basically, it's got a fight. It's tracking to do a forty-two million dollar opening over a five-day Easter weekend. Um, it's the biggest showing from the COVID crisis so far. It's playing in 3,064 theatres, which is a high. Um, basically, more than now, um, 93% of America's cinemas are opening up again. All the areas in which they are, are starting to come out of lockdown, but only 24% in Canada. Um, now, what they're saying is, obviously, they're seeing it, this as a massive positive for the film. It's broken the three-day opening for the pandemic, which was Wonder Woman, which opened over Christmas. So, uh, look, I think it's I think it's a very good sign for cinemas moving forward that this is actually... Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. 
a film you love, Knives Out. Is getting I seen, a... I, I seen this news, Paul, and I swear to God, the anger that built up in me when I seen when I seen this, the right. anger. First of all, your hull. Second of all, why don't you like Knives Out? Because I've told you, of, I've explained to you. It is one of the most original, clever. Original? What's original? The only thing that's original in it is they give the killer at the start of the... That's it. There's fuck. Oh, there's nothing else. If you want to watch a good whodunit, watch Gosford Park. Just fucking watch that. You know, if you want to watch, watch Poirot, go watch a fucking episode of Poirot. That's, you know, ten times better. The only reason people like this is because it's got fucking Captain America in it. That is it. You don't understand the nuance of Rian Johnson's writing. Balls. Balls. And he can go fuck himself, too. He ruined Star Wars, Paul, and you know that. I just I just don't think you understand the film, to be honest. I, oh, I, I, I don't think you understand. I understand. I understand every single bit of it. Next week, we're going to be doing Knives Out. And we are fucking not going to be doing <laughs> Knives Out. You can do Knives Out, and I'll do Gosford Park. Both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Ryan Johnson is um, he's been talking about writing a sequel to the superb 2019 Who Done It Knives Out, um, and Netflix have. You, it was laid like an onion, okay. Um, and basically, Netflix have announced that they're going to be paying four hundred and fifty million dollars, no, four hundred million dollars, excuse me, uh, for the right to make and broadcast two sequels to Knives Out. So Benoit Blanc is going to be coming to Netflix with two new films. I am excited. Oh god! I is this gonna to... is this is this gonna turn into what Daniel Craig is gonna have to have as a fucking lifestyle now after he leaves Bond? He's fucking he's left Bond now behind. I'm gonna put on this really fucking stupid American accent from now on, and I'm just well. Uh, sir, I do believe. I do believe. Fucking Leghorn. Just, just Foghorn Leghorn. Boy, <laughs> I say, boy, the murderer came in through these doors. <laughs> I I loved it. I think Benoit Blanc is a fantastic character. Loved you loved it. You I loved you, it. You, no, loved it. Loved I came, it. I came home smiling. Fuck! Did you get I a blowjob in the cinema? What, like, <laughs> no, I didn't. I had a great time. If I'd have got a blowjob after watching the movie, I might have come out of it going that was that was okay. But I think it was an excellent critique of what was happening in America at the time. Which you obviously didn't understand. <laughs> there was, excuse me. There was certain very subtle hints towards America's attitudes towards immigrants in that film, and I don't think you saw them to really understand. So that's that. the reason. That's the reason why you've enjoyed that movie because well, the, no, subtle, enjoyed it the subtle inclusion of what Americans think of immigrants. That's no, it. it just shows what a layered script it was and what a layered screenplay and how many different elements it can draw together to build one. Completely. Well, that's just one. That's just one yeah. element. Tell me another one. Wow! If only we had a podcast where we could devote an entire episode to it. No, no. go fuck <laughs> no! yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe's joined Thor: Love and Thunder. So basically, Taika Waititi is hiring every Australian <laughs> actor there is, an actress there is. Taika Waititi is bringing employment back to Australia. Listen, uh, Peter ja- Peter Jackson did it with Lord of the Rings. You know, fucking Taika, Wa- <laughs> Taika Waititi is fucking bringing all these actors out of the woodwork. Sam Neill, I, like Sam Neill's definitely in as well, isn't he? Sam Neill's definitely there. Oma's finest. Well, who who did he play in? Because um, 
basically he was the actor. Think... He was the actor. He was the actor. Yeah, did he play Thor? He played Thor. Uh, no, he didn't play Thor, did he? He played Odin. He was Odin. Odin. Um, Liam Hemsworth, or the other Hemsworth that nobody knows and likes, the, the shitty Hemsworth, discount Hemsworth, he was playing Thor. Matt Damon was Loki. Now, uh, apparently in this one, Melissa McCarthy is going to be playing Hela. And right, it's okay. going to include a reenactment from of Thor Ragnarok and Endgame. So some people are suggesting that Russell Crowe may well be playing because it's it, the deep into filming now. So I, I doubt he's going to be having anything sort of significant. So I wouldn't be surprised if he might be playing a bit of a comedy role as Thanos or something. I think. Well, just... I I, to, to, I will say something. I have literally only watched Jojo Rabbit last week. Uh, please tell me you like it. It was outstanding. I fucking Lo- loved it. It was amazing. Beautiful. Like I gen- genuinely. I would watch Taika Waititi clean his car because that, that is that that is just it. I would watch him do anything. I enjoy everything that he does. Anything, anything that he touches, you know. Even like when I, I love Flight of the Concords. Me and the missus love Flight of the Concords. We went down to Dublin to see them live. When I found out that Taika Waititi helped write some of season two and direct some of the episodes in season two and season one. I fucking lost my mind. And I was like, I can't believe he had his hands in that. And then when you go to things like what we do in the shadows, the, the movie and yeah. the TV, sh- TV show, then you obviously hunt for the wilder people, you know, and then he touches fucking, you know, Jojo Rabbit. And then he touches the Marvel universe. Now he's in the, in the Star Wars. I would watch anything as long as it has his name on it. Um, yeah, I saw Jojo Rabbit. That was one of the last films I saw. I saw that in January twenty. And then I saw Tenet last year. So I think I only went to the cinema twice last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Jojo Rabbit, I came out of that. And it was just such... Um, it, it's filmmaking. That's the, what filmmaking the, the, perf- the performances in it. Performances, the story. I, like, I genuinely... I genuinely I, I like me and Richard were talking about it afterwards. And we even let Ernie watch it. We let our, our son watch it. And he yeah. loved it as well. Yeah, and I cannot, for the life of me, think how none of that them people who are acting in that movie got you know every single fucking award. Sam Rockwell just outstanding in everything that he has ever touches. It, it, it genuinely annoys me when I think that they didn't win everything. And I'm not talking about one or two. Everything. Yeah. The the. We'll do Jojo Rabbit another day, but it, yeah, look, it's it's one of those. I think it's an absolutely beautiful film. I, I really yeah. do for for the what it handles, for the way it handles it, and the characters that you don't have a lot of time. You know what I mean? You don't have a lot of time to tell these stories, but it really felt like this living, breathing town. And I was involved in all these characters' lives, um, and you really, you already understand the the importance of what was going on and for what was happening in it. And I think there was one moment in particular that was, Watiti's really good at moving from comedy to um, sort of drama and sadness yeah. very quickly. And it almost, it's like a roller coaster where it drops you off. And there was one moment in particular, which I'm not going to mention right now, uh, but it really sort of snapped you back into the horror that was going on around you. Um, yeah, there's, but there's, yeah, but there's more than one. There's more than one part in that movie that does that. You know, there's there's there are there are several, as you say, very very yeah. well said. It is fucking roller coaster. It is like the fucking the heights of of characters and then the depths and lows of characters. Fantastic. But sorry for going off of one. <laughs> yes, no, Ginger no, you Rabbit. do right. You do fucking right. Fantastic. Yeah. 
So, um, speaking of World War Two, no, Woody Harrelson has signed up to play a physician of um, Himmler uh, in the film <laughs> The Man with the Miraculous Hands. So he signed up to play The Man with the Miraculous Hands. It's an independent movie coming from Jericho Films. It's based on the Joseph Kessel novel, The Man with the Miraculous Hands, the fantastic story of Felix Kirsten, Himmler's private doctor. Um, it's being produced by Eric Jelleman, Gell- uh, and it's coming from the same sort of people who brought uh, various films such as Rampart and the more sort of serious Woody Harrelson roles that have been coming out over the last few years, as opposed to um, as opposed to the Venom sequel that we're probably going to get him from, from. So I think it's this is opportunity for Woody Harrelson to sort of stretch his acting chops. I don't think we're going to get some kind of hillbilly-esque piss take of World War II. I think this is going to be a very more, much more serious Woody Harrelson role. And I, I, do you, I look. Do you, th- do you think? Do you think now, having obviously talked about Jojo Rabbit, um, that this is where a lot of the current um, movies will head to? That kind of brilliance of of comedy and horror, you know, spliced in together. I think it's a very difficult balance to get right. Oh, terribly difficult, yeah. And if you get it wrong, you look like you're mocking you're mocking things. Uh, mm. Jojo, going back to Jojo Rabbit, but Jojo Rabbit had the had that right level of of uh, balance. You, you're talking about a young boy who's in the Hitler Youth who fantasizes that Hitler is his best friend. You know, it it can be seen as mocking very quickly, and it wasn't. Um, a film like this, it's either going to be drama, but look. Woody Harrelson in recent times has done all the usual, your Hunger Games and now you see me and all that shite. Um, but he's appeared in sort of True Detective, he's been in Rampart. Um, Harrelson's, was, a, Harrelson's a very good dramatic actor. He and is true. You know, there, there's, there's, a few, there's a few actors who can kind of go from comedy to drama, you know, very easy and effortlessly. And I believe Harrelson's one of them. Yeah. And it's one of those films which... It could go either way. I think it could be quite boring and meandering, uh, or I think they could tell a very sort of unique story very quickly and very well. So I mean, I'm interested in that. I just thought that was quite a, you know, it's, it's one of those unusual names to see sort of Woody Harrelson come up as Himmler's physician. <laughs> so again, if it's told respectfully and it's done well, I think I could have fun with that. I like my historical stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so there we go. So uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Do, I, I feel we need to start grading films. How do we grade? Should we give them a grade, like a school grade? Or I don't, th- I, I don't think we're good enough to do that. We are who we are. We are who we are. I'm sorry, I just been breaking the song there. I would um, give Godzilla vs. King Kong B+. Plus. How, many, how many dicks out of five would you give it? How many King Kong dicks would you give it out of five? Three King Kong dicks out of five. I would give it three and a half King Kong dicks. Three and a testicle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, look, so um, I'm so glad I went to see that as the cinema. Um, The flight to America nearly killed me, but I managed to see that in the pictures. Okay, I've got a game for you. Oh, I like games. 
Okay, so I got this off uh, BuzzFeed, all right? No, oh, so, <laughs> the height of journalistic quality, BuzzFeed. Well, they're good for fucking games. So yeah, here okay. we go. Right, so destroy a city and we'll tell you what giant monster you are, all right? So number one, how do you reach the city you're set to destroy? By land, by sea, from the skies, through an interdimensional portal, you fall from outer space or from the depths of the earth? Land, sea, sea, skies, portal, space, or depths of the earth. I think I'm a land kind of guy. A land land kind of monster. Okay. Which restaurant would you devour in a single bite? McDonald's, (laughs) KFC, Subway, Panda Express, Taco Bell, or Krispy Kreme Donuts? Uh, I think it's got to be KFC, (laughs) if you know Uh, me. I I once managed to... I think you... In fact, you were with me when I managed to trade a KFC... Uh, boneless fillet for a single red rose from a woman. I in was the there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was really. Too, she was fucking hungry, Paul. You sick bastard. I anyway, was. No, I was fuck? really. I was really depressed because I just broke up in a relationship and I'd just been fired. And uh, I was talking to this. What? I don't even know. She didn't even speak English, did she? She was trying to sell red roses, so I ended up swapping so, one for a chicken obviously, fillet. Obviously, obviously a Romanian lady. All right, let's get on with the quiz here, Paul. Not <laughs> oh, xenoph- sorry. Stop the xenophobia. All right. Um, <laughs> What would you use to destroy the city? Radioactive breath, huge claws, fire, lots of fire. Your entire body is a weapon, an army of many robots, supernatural powers. So radioactive breath, claws, fire, uh, your entire body, many monsters or supernatural powers. I like the idea of storming around and just breathing fire and everything like a dragon. Fire, lots of fire. waste, burn scorched earth. Okay. So like you, you come across a skyscraper. You, oh, I'm sorry, I've got very excited. You don't even notice anything that small. Climb on it to get a better view of all your destruction. Go through it. Topple it as if it were nothing. Use it as a base for your evil plan or eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just go through it. I'd just be charging down the road. I'd have my bucket of KFC. I'd be breathing fire <laughs> on everything. I'd be breathing fire. It's firing uh, out everywhere, and then I come across the building, and I just shoulder charge it through the middle of it, and keep on running, eating boneless banquet. Okay, so what's most important when you are destroying a city? A question that we always ask ourselves: <laughs> um, that there's nothing left, showing everyone that you're the king, harming no civilians, clearing it so others like you can inhabit it, eating everyone, or opening a cosmic portal to reach several worlds. I don't want to open several worlds because I couldn't do with that many friends. That's just too that's just too many Jesus, people. What seven? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's just too big of a social circle. I just couldn't handle that kind of admin all in one go. You know, suddenly you've got like phone numbers and WhatsApp groups and fuck that. Right, um, eating so everybody. Nothing, got me KFC. So I, don't, I don't need to eat everybody, so I've got me KFC. So probably lay waste to everything. I don't want anything to be left. If I'm destroying a city, I'm making sure it's all gone. Okay, there's nothing left. Right. So how would you your enemies defeat you with a robot, robotic counterpart similar to you? Jeez. Having someone incredibly sexy captivate you. Ooh, look at my hand running across. Captivate. <laughs> captivate. Um, with a weapon specifically designed to destroy you. With a giant robot. I think that's very much like the first one, though. Um, closing the portal from which you arrive. We well, didn't arrive from a portal. With many, many weapons. Um. It's probably the seduction thing. 
Oh, I thought you would go for that. As soon as you hear the word <laughs> sexy, you go, oh, I'll be there honest. you go. I'll be I'm honest. Paul, <laughs> and who are you? You are... Who am I? King... King... Kong. King Dong. Thank you very you put, much. You put up a mean, aggressive front, which makes oh, you yeah. come across a little bit scary to people. But oh, it's yeah. the world that made you this way. Deep down, you're noble and affectionate, and you want to protect those you love. That's probably more accurate than a horoscope. Hey, go fucking Mystic Meg as fuck all and you. you don't even need, you don't need to read Mystic Meg in the mirror. Does she still do that shit in the mirror? I, I don't know. She used to do it in the sun. Or was that oh. I can't remember. I don't read the fucking sun. But um that's pretty that's pretty accurate. Yeah, the world carved me this way. A strong, powerful exterior, muscular exterior with a heart of gold who just wants and to yeah. eat KFC. And no friends. No friends, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's perfect. It is, lo- well, it's it's almost as if I set that up to be King Kong, but it wasn't. I didn't do that at all. So there you go. No, I'm, I, I can go away now with my powerful masculine body with a jelly, cuddly, woodly inside and sleep well tonight knowing I'm King Kong. Did you do it? Did you do the... Uh, the I did, month? yeah. <laughs> Were you King Kong as well? Is everybody King Kong or Godzilla in association with the new film now? <laughs> I, was, I was actually smug. It told me I was greedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't come out well in it at all, like I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you greedy... <laughs> no, it just says, you greedy, self-centered bastard. Oh, yeah, I know. basically... That's a text from my wife, sorry. As <laughs> <laughs> you sat there eating your bucket of chicken. But, so why did my fryer breathe in? Why did that come to King Kong? I don't know, but I think I was think that was the... If we'd have probably chosen something else after the seduction one, after the sexy one, it would have been probably something different. Oh, yeah, that's it, innit? King Kong, it would have been seduced. Yeah. I, I would again, admit that King Kong has big balls and he loves yeah. the ladies. He does love the ladies, whether they are deaf children or oh. <laughs> lingerie clad Naomi Watts. He loves the ladies. So, what we're doing next week? I'll tell you what we're doing next week. The next in our series, we've officially got a series. We tried to take the series off with the uh, video nasties series, and we did. One, <laughs> I love the fucking video nasty one. It was fucking great. Well, we'll do one for your birthday episode, and then we will um, next week. We'll be talking about the Captain America trilogy. So we we're talking about First Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, which of course is a trilogy, isn't Comac? I'm not getting into this again. It's not a trilogy, but I'll watch them anyway because I'll, it's it's you know you where you get a run around of movies. Harry Potter's probably there somewhere to be watched in the next few weeks. And, you know, I'll have to recycle through a couple of the other series, but I think Marvel is about time to get hit again as well. Like, I've, Oh God. You know what? I've seen, I can't remember how many of the Harry Potter films I've seen. I've, I've seen them seen... all and I love them all. I love them all. Really? I'm a, I, I'm a very, very big fan of Harry Potter. <clears throat> I think I just went off it because I know the ex loves it. So I just didn't bother. I was like, I can't bother watching them again. All right, fucking hell. I had to go see. The, I had to go see the last bring one. Bring it down. I had to bring the fucking mood down. Oh, me ex. <laughs> shut up. I had to Fuck go see off. the last. Shut up. I had to go see the last one with her, and I ain't seen the two before it. So I'm like, they're talking about Dumbledore dying and 
things split up in different things and bits I'm of gonna break something. I'm gonna break something to you. I'm gonna break it wasn't specifically made for your ex-girlfriend. You can enjoy it also, you know. Really? If it was specifically made for your ex-girlfriend, nobody else <laughs> would have seen it. It wouldn't it wouldn't have got past the first movie. So you can go and enjoy it by yourself. Oh, thanks, man. Cheers. I appreciate it. You're very it. welcome. You're very welcome. No, no, you know, when you just you know, when you're thinking back and you're like, I always said I didn't enjoy that stuff and I'm not gonna start enjoying it now. And I just don't enjoy it. I don't get it. It's little right. kids being wizards and witches and Hufflepucks and Griffin Griffin Pokes and as as opposed as opposed to fucking tesseracts and fucking people dressed up in fucking Captain America outfits. As That's opposed based, to what? That is based on science fact. Okay. No. <laughs> as opposed, I've seen magic, Paul. I've seen people get rid of fucking blood clots with their hands. Harry Potter's world is more to me than the Marvel universe. J.K. Rowler enabler. You're enabling J.K. Rowling. Bye, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to go count up all the red herrings from Knives Out. Uh, See you next week. We're not. Up from the depths, 30 stories high.